Welcome to Can I Offer You Some Feedback? My name is Sara, and this is the podcast for those who have a complicated relationship with feedback and are looking to hear from real people across levels and industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. Before we dive in, I'd like to introduce our guest for the podcast today, Rachel. She's a managing director of a consulting firm and CEO of a retail fashion brand. Welcome to the conversation today. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, let's kick things off with the main question of the podcast. When I say the phrase, can I offer you some feedback? What's your gut reaction when you hear that? So I think I may be an outlier, but I honestly feel kind of excited when you say that. And this is potentially pretty self-centered, but almost as if I'm about to hear some really like juicy gossip, it tickles me to know that someone has spent time like thoughtfully putting together intentional feedback about me or my performance or something that happened between us. And even if it's not exactly positive, I really appreciate like the intentionality of of the interaction and the engagement. And then I also really like when someone asks for my consent. So if it's before delivering news I may or may not be ready for, asking the question ahead of time is really key for me. It gives me a chance to say no, right? It gives me a chance to decline, but it also gives me a chance to prepare. So like, I really like to take notes when I'm getting feedback so I can read it later in case it's hard for me to hear or maybe I'm not as present as I want to be in the moment. So it gives me the space to, you know, do what I need to do. Yeah, and I love that you're bringing up the idea of it is a little exciting that someone has prepared (laughs) to to provide you with hopefully they've prepared (laughs) I mean not everyone prepares but hopefully they've prepared um and there is a little bit of that you know it's a can I question not a I'm I'm Mm -hmm. I'm jumping in and giving you the feedback whether you want it or not and hopefully Mm -hmm. folks take the time to wait for the the yes or the no or not today (laughs) or not right now right Can we schedule this for a certain time? You know, like sometimes people like to schedule feedback and I definitely understand Mm -hmm. that. Absolutely. When you're thinking about that feedback, do you prefer to be the giver or the receiver of feedback? I'm a switch. I really, I like to give feedback because I guess feedback is about an exchange of selfish information. Sort of, as I mentioned earlier, I like to receive it because being accommodating where I can is important to me when I care about a person or a relationship. And so feedback can help me meet a person where they're at, which is often my goal and a big part of my personal ethos. I really like those little details, whether it's like, you know, you didn't show up for me the way I needed you to, or like, hey, I really prefer a phone call to an email. Any type of feedback I think can really help to improve any type of relationship as long as it can be heard and received and respected. And so I think the relationship and trust building created by reciprocal feedback fosters change on both ends. And that ends up being really satisfying because it can help build a team better or create more impact with what you're doing. And I'm hearing in that, I love that it needs to be reciprocal, well, it doesn't need to be, but it's best when it can be that reciprocal feedback. And it is satisfying. And maybe that's perhaps going back to the question of why it feels so exciting to sometimes get that feedback, because you've seen it work really well. <laughs> you know, you've, you've seen opportunities where it has been transformative, or it can be something that's on the benefit of both sides. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to know, how do you define meaningful feedback? I think that I would like to say that all feedback is meaningful, right? Like even if somebody says something that gives you feedback without 
getting consent first, just like in passing, it might be gnawing on them for a really long time. And them just sort of like getting out that side comment or something might really be helpful. But for me, meaningful often does equate to actionable. If you're telling me that my Midwestern accent really annoys you, I mean, like heard, but like I can't easily do anything about Mm it. Whereas if you're saying like, I really wish you would do this in this way, and that would be helpful to me because of X, that both is actionable and then also sort of explains the why. And so I think defining meaningful by making something actionable and also providing some explanation is really helpful. Mm -hmm. So I think parsing out sort of like what's a complaint about the parameters we're working within or what's a complaint about other people or parties involved might be different from what is actionable. And I love knowing what I personally can do differently, learn about or grow into. I think that that makes something more meaningful to me. Hmm. I really like that distinction you're making between the complaint, as you're kind of describing it, where I get you don't like it, right? <laughs> but but I may right. not be able to do anything about that. You know, this is the process we're operating under. This is the system. This is the timeline. But if it's something I can do something about, we've got time to adjust, we've got the opportunity, I can deliver things in a different way, like that I can do something with. But there's some level of where the feedback that you might be getting is more preference oriented rather than there's something truly wrong. Don't get me wrong. I love when myself and like a coworker, if we have a mutual annoyance and we both want to complain about that, I do think that that's valuable. It's just different. It's Mm -hmm. not feedback. Right, right. (laughs) Well, and I I think it's also a different kind of conversation. What about Mm -hmm. that client, that customer, that interaction that's happening? What about that is for us feeling as the complaint, right? Where we can't provide actionable feedback to them, or we probably would have, (laughs) you know, at that point. Right. Um, But it it really is a preference or something that maybe we don't have the power or the authority or the control of the situation to be able to change. But totally agree. It can be very (laughs) cathartic (laughs) to, to go through that process as well. Yeah. I'm wondering, Rachel, if you could share an example or an experience where You've seen that meaningful feedback you were describing delivered. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think this is maybe not like a typical interaction that I have from day to day. But, you know, like, as you know, I've had many careers and hobbyist endeavors throughout my life. And uh, a long time ago, I took classes at a vegan culinary school. And there's something about that type of hands-on learning that makes feedback like more digestible. Mm. That was, that pun was not planned. Sorry, that was really bad. It was an excellent pun. (laughs) I do not want any feedback on that pun. But because you're like in a room where everybody has sort of like a similar experience, right? It's like amateur level, it's novice level experience. And you expect that at the end of your four hour class period, someone is going to look at and taste your food and give you feedback. You know, the culture is set up so that you're literally there to learn from your mistakes. And it does not feel personal. It feels totally okay to hear like this has too much salt or you didn't proof this dough long enough. 
And so the rise is too low on this bread. You know, whatever makes that feedback happen is something that's usually actionable and you can learn from for next time to do better. So the culture there is that you are given the permission to learn from your mistakes. And I don't think that that's true in every like, you know, workplace setting or setting where you get feedback in a relationship where it's just like the point of the feedback is for you to grow and for you to get better at this thing you're interested in getting better at. And it's integral to how you learn for next Mm -hmm. time, right? And I think that example of, you know, being in the cooking space is a perfect kind of highlight on why specificity is important, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. you can say, I just didn't like it, but that doesn't help me make it better next time. Like, was it not salty enough? Was it too starchy? You know, you get the opportunity with cooking or baking or, you know, preparing food that there's a set number of variables, right? Was it cooked too long? Was Mm -hmm. it cooked too short? Like, give me something I can do with that. And and as you're saying, it is very action oriented, whereas the more subjective complaint of, well, it just wasn't to my taste. Okay, fine. (laughs) But like, what shall I do with that data? (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) thank you, but it's not quite as productive as it could be. If I was, you know, in the business of giving out wishes, and (laughs) I know, imagine a universe where... Where that's true, but (laughs) I could change and have people do one thing better regarding feedback. What would you hope it would be? I feel like it's really tough for me. Can I offer you some feedback on the limitations of this question? I need to give you two. I need to give you two things, I think, because just even through our conversation here, I feel like I'm realizing that it's just as important to create intentional space Mm. for consistent feedback. I think it's just as important as what I'm going to say for like my number two or whatever. But like, I think that that's sort of something that we bump up against a lot in our work currently, where we will see a supervisor really wait to give feedback Mm. to someone they work with. And then it comes time for like a year end evaluation. And that person is shocked Mm -hmm. because they're like, this thing happened seven months Mm -hmm. ago. Or like, I don't even remember that thing happening. Mm -hmm. And so without that space for intentional and consistent feedback, where you're meeting every couple of weeks or once a month and you can say, hey, this thing happened recently. Can we unpack it a little bit together? You know, it doesn't add up to like a big amount of like negative feedback at the end of a time frame, mm-hmm. right? Like it's consistent. And I think that that is truly important. The thing that I think of first is timeliness mm-hmm. of feedback. Mm-hmm. And so really, I feel like there are a lot of people who are like conflict avoidant. Mm. And I I run into this with people I coach all mm-hmm. the time. And they'll say something to me like, oh, you know, so-and-so's stepbrother just got eaten by a giant lizard. And so now it's not like a good time to give the feedback. When like really, if you respect a person, keeping it on the level with them is really important to like the fidelity and trust within your relationship. Mm-hmm. And maybe that person did just experience a giant lizard tragedy. But if they're back to work and they're engaged, maybe part of your feedback ends up being like, hey, buddy, I'm noticing you're not quite ready to be back at work at full speed after lizard gate. And like, how can we work together to strategize, you know, back into a regular workload, including meetings where we have consistent feedback? Mm -hmm. 
And so I think you have to just like pre-plan those sessions and do regularly scheduled Mm check-ins and not put it off because of whatever reason it is. You know, certainly there are times in people's lives where like you should ask if they're ready to talk and you should ask if they want feedback and that's important. But I don't think that waiting and holding the feedback back serves anybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the connection between the conflict avoidance and the desire not to give feedback, it doesn't have to be a conflict-oriented conversation. Right. I hear all the time, I don't want to make waves. Mm. And it's like, this is not a wave, you know? Nor does it have to be, right? I mean, it could be a wave in the way you do it, sure. But giving feedback, positive, negative, whatever whatever the spin ends on it, is sometimes hard. And avoiding the hard Mm -hmm. thing doesn't make it less hard. It just, in fact, it makes it more hard (laughs) because you haven't been delivering the message and now this person is surprised or you've increased your discomfort over time. And that is going to erode trust. Mm -hmm. If there was ever trust there, it's going to erode the trust. And I don't expect anybody to trust me right off the Mm -hmm. bat, but I do like to work toward building trust as part of my ethos and relationships, whether that be a business relationship or a personal relationship or both. That is really how I like to move toward each other. Excellent. Well, Rachel, for our last question in our time together, can I offer you some feedback? I have my notebook here. Yeah, I'm ready. (laughs) Excellent. I wanted to share one of the things that I very much appreciate. And we've had the chance to work together as colleagues on a project. I sometimes identify you as my supervisor, even if you you don't always do so. And depending yeah. on the conversation and, and the client that we're working with, it just depends. But the concept radical candor, where we care personally and challenge directly, I often think of you when I'm describing that to folks. Oftentimes, oh. when whenever we have conversations where you giving me feedback, I'm giving you feedback, we're giving feedback about a client, you know, whichever space we're sitting in, you have a way of showing me the other party that you truly care about them their best interest, getting what we can out of the conversation, and tell them what they need to hear, right? It may be uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. we may not want to do it, it may be, you know, real talk, as it were. But I really respect and am grateful for your ability to do both of those very well. And I think that you also know, many folks are not great at doing both. How do I show you I care? How do I actually hold you accountable or challenge you to whatever it is that you're providing? And so that's something that I've been really grateful for. I know I ask for feedback a lot and vice versa, but I hope that others get to see that as well, whether it's folks that you're coaching, other clients that you're working with, you've got your consulting hat on or you've got your CEO hat on. I really think that that is a superpower that you have and I hope others get to see that as well. That means so much to me. Thank you so much. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. And thanks to you for joining us in another episode of Can I Offer You Some Feedback? You can reach me at podcast at mod.network. We would love to hear from you on your thoughts on feedback or any other perspectives you'd like to hear from next. And as always, give us a quick rating on your platform of choice and share this podcast with a friend. And I'm hoping that tomorrow you take a chance and offer some feedback when it's needed most. Can I Offer You Some Feedback is a production of Evergreen Podcasts, hosted by me, Sara Esmail Beggy Bartlett. Our production team includes Nigel Galladay and Gray Longfellow. We'll see you next time. Hi there, I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. We host the podcast, 
That's a hard no about saying no and setting boundaries. So you can become that true and empowered you that this world needs. Saying no isn't just okay. It's the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor. So while this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy, I suppose I know what I'm talking about. I'd say so. We talk about learning to say no and set healthy boundaries and how it impacts mental health, physical health, relationships, parenthood, and more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website, hardnopodcast.com. We're here to help you find your no and say it unapologetically. That's a hard no.